Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Wednesdays with Wombat with your host, Toby McKinnon. Welcome back. It is your Wednesday edition of Trot's Life. And I've had a number of these chats where we've gone down memory lane with some really great horses. And he really was a great horse, Manifold Bay. And Grant Crane joins us. Grant, firstly, mate, uh, how are you and whereabouts are you today? Yeah, look, firstly, I'm great, Toby. Um, and I'm currently, I'm in the Gamby um, at the boat ramp. Uh, the wife and I have uh, got Wednesdays off these days, so we're about to put the boat in a bit of fish and a cruise. Oh, mate, we could, I could have done this on site with you. We could. <laughs> I, I think um, we'll probably stop at Michigan for lunch, so uh, it's just up the river here a bit. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Grant. I'll be there in half an hour. <laughs> yeah. right. right. Now, what, let's go right back. What got you into harness racing? I think I know the answer, and it's a pretty common sort of response, but what, what got your interest sparked in harness racing? Oh, going way back, um, my godfather was a bookmaker, um, yeah. which is sort of an odd introduction because I've never been a punter, but um, one of those kids that got dragged to the trots at the showgrounds, I'm actually that old now, um, <laughs> and I remember, yeah, silly first memory of the trots was um, asking him, why do I ring that bell? Um, but yeah, always around horses, the family had horses, sisters, pony clubbers, and eventually I found myself um, playing footy up at Leeton in the Riverina and uh, yeah. meeting a family that meeting a family that had horses. Um, and I got caught up, and one day instead of carting hay, I jogged a horse just to get out of carting hay, and that was that was it. Who was that family, mate? Alan and John Hone, just a small, small, small thing, you know, like yeah. a family that worked two or three. Cause typical of that district, uh, just farming people that um, had a couple and enjoyed them. Yeah. Okay. Oh well, that. That's going to lead to an, a, a question. You would have wanted to win that one that Breeders' Plate with a century when uh, you went up and he was scratched from the final. On the it was it was pretty big news at the time, wasn't it? It, it was the day of he got scratched. Yeah, it was a bit of a mission um, when, when I got my first horse. Actually, it was a, I took him up. I think he'd had two starts down here and had a win at Kilmore. And I was always going to go back to Wheat uh, to try and win a race, which we did with our first track. But of course, the Breeders' uh, Breeders' Plate for the one. Yeah, um, it was it was no doubt a big chance, but um, I had Manifold Racing at Mooney Valley in between the heat and final. Yeah, and uh, come back here to send him round, and got back to Leeton to discover he had a big dash on his leg and about sixteen stitches put in. So uh, that was that. That was that. Kenny Tippett, Flaming Roadstar, won the race in the end. So uh, yeah, so that's a long time. Well, not exactly what we came to talk about, but. Uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff up in my head, Grant. I'm going to get some of it out through this chat. So you're 27 years of age in 1998, and you go and buy a mare with a foal at foot named Natalia Castle. Tell me about that. Correct. Actually, Dad did the buying. Oh, um, your Dad, yep. Dad bought the horse. Um, I, at that stage, I'd moved back from the Red Arena to Melbourne. I was working one horse out at the old Buller 
uh, stables there, about past the airport. Yeah, yeah. And Norm Sait, who owned the Tully Castle, he'd actually imported there. Um, I got to know Norm, and Norm passed away. So uh, his mare became available. Um, I like the idea of the modern American breed, even back then, and uh, yeah. talked that into it, which didn't take a lot of a lot of effort. He was pretty keen to actually breed one instead of just go to the sales. So, yes, um, she was purchased with Folet Foot, in Folet Foot, and manifoldly Folet. Unbelievable. And he was a cheeky bugger from day one. Yeah, I think we spoke about it yesterday. The day he was weaned, I released him in the paddock and he walked down the fence line following me and bit me on the butt. So um, he, he was, yeah, no, he's always full of cheek. He's quite a, he's a bit of a decent different cat, actually. Everything he did was a bit different, but, uh, but we loved him for it. Even before he raced, there was a bit of news around about this horse and there was apparently offers for him for big money even before his first start, which he won at Ballarat and beat a Hunter Cup winner, Mont Denver Gold. So <laughs> he started off against really good horses. He certainly didn't. Um, as the horses were scoring up in that race, the uh, caller, I forgive me, I can't remember his name, but he said uh, there's not much to beat in this field. And, and as you say, there's uh, <laughs> a couple of group one winners come out of it. Yeah. So you've still, you go back and you've watched that replay or something later and gone, I tell you what, that wasn't a bad field in the end. Yeah, no, they were good. They were a good lot. Uh, absolutely. He's my idol. It was a pretty nice horse from memory. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, there was a number of them. Long time ago. It is a long time ago. Uh, two-year-old season was okay, but ran second to Fern Lee in the two-year-old size. Uh, won the two-year-old Breeders' Crown at just his third start. So he showed early on that he was going to be a top horse. Yeah, look, he was a big, awkward sort of fella. Um he you know, wore long hobbles. I remember that Breeders' Grand Final. He is also all shorteners, hobble shorteners. That, um, oh, I've got it probably up about 10 holes, which probably means four or five inches. And one of them didn't release. So on the way around, he was off balance, awkward. You know, he really couldn't let down, but he still managed to get the job done. So, uh, yeah. no, he's quite bold. He, he didn't have a good run in the size stakes, did he? He just seemed to get second row draws and... Fern Lee beat him in one. Harry Moreau beat him in another one, and Narinya Guy in another one. He just he just couldn't nail a size stakes for some reason. No, look, that's right. To be fair, he sort of the Fern Lee one. Yeah, two year olds are two year olds. He, he, when he made his run, he sort of wobbled a bit and hung in a bit, and just really didn't get settled. And um, Fern Lee had that lovely trip. I think he ducked up three from three back the fence. Up the fence, but uh, he's, he's a lovely horse too. Um, they're, a good, they're a good crop. They were a good crop. I've got fond memories, mate. I was working on an orchard in a place called Yark. You might know Yark. It's not far from Yay. I pass through there a couple of times a week with work. Yeah. Well, I was working on an orchard up there. I did did summers there. And my brother had a horse in a Victorian derby heat called Falcon's Legacy. And I went to the Yay pub. I played pool on a round pool table and everyone in the pub backed Falcon's legacy at $27 and he got up and won and beat a horse called Menifold Bay in the heat. And uh, and then yeah. we'll we'll get to the final as well. He ran six in the final. Ronnie's just texted in as well. He says, Ronnie says, I still have men of, memories of Menifold Bay being a certainty beaten in the Victorian Derby. Got flattened in the 800, lost 40 metres and only got beaten by five. He, he ended up protesting, but it was really the one that got away, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, it took me a long time to place on replay, to be honest. Um, yeah. It was a bit, a bit tough. And even the um, 
you know, to be real frank about the race, you're, you're sort of watching, you see what happens. I was heading back to the stalls before he, you know, Finish. straightened up for home. Um, I just walked back to the stalls waiting for the horse to come back and then found out there's a protest. Um, so, yeah, anyway, it was sort of all, all become news to me at the time. But um, I think, you know, we potentially, uh, I think we got it wrong that day. Maybe put ourselves in a bad position for something to happen. But um, for those days are long gone, I can still look at it and cherish cherish it. Yep. W, w, you then went on the road, basically. So, what, you're nearly, you're 30 about this time and you're free almost. You go to New South Wales, you you went to Western Australia and uh, won the Gold Nugget, the Derby, just beat the Falcon Striker, won $1.2 million in the WA Gold Nugget, if you don't mind. What was it like going on the road with a horse like him? Yeah, oh, look, great experience. Um, mm. the, and the part of it, this is where it's not always the racing that's a great thing. Well, you know, it's, well, it's fantastic to go and perform well, and, and especially away from home. We did, as you say, we did a lot of travelling, and always, even, yeah. and not only with him, with the century, always travel well. Um, but the people on the way, like those Perth trips, I stayed with Fred Kersley. Yeah. Yeah, I did three trips over, over there, basically hanging out with the legends. Um, yeah. you know, Fred's not a man of a lot of words, but I usually learn a lot from him. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the bloke, the bloke I travel with, Gavin Lang. You know, I've got to spend a lot of time with him in Brisbane and Western Australia. Um, yeah, it's just a learning thing. You know, we stayed with Darren, Darren Hancock in Sydney. Um, just uh, the Price family up in Brisbane. You just get to meet a lot of great people. And they, and they all take you into their home, look after you. And um, they just make it all a great experience. Was was Gav taking you under his wing, or was he leading you astray? <laughs> um, um, <laughs> no, he's no, we're a bit different. Like you know, Gavin, he's just well. It's not even for me to say Gavin there because it was always the boss. You know, if I called him about something, I got you know, I'd take manifold to his place and live fairly close by. So hobble days. Yeah. Often it'd be a case of like I remember times where it'd be persistency and black jerk and manifold out working together. Yeah. And. You know, it was always, I'd get there, there you go, boss, what do I want to do? You know, um, no, he was great. And it's like them, it's not always what they say, but just following them. Um, they're, you know, they're real horse people. There's no, yeah. bull, no bull about it. And it's not always um, on the racing thing. I remember one time in Brisbane, look, Gavin and I were taken out for lunch and being shown around. And we were saying all places where they do uh, hang gliding. Yeah. And I thought, right, I've got out of the car and I wandered over to have a look down this cliff face and people were jumping off. And I looked around for Gavin and Gavin was standing across the road patting a pony that had set over the fence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, that, that's the sort of side I saw. He's just a complete awesome. Yeah, 100%. Did you pinch yourself at times? At like, as you say, Fred Kersley's, Gavin Langs, you, you still would have just felt like it was surreal, wouldn't you? No, yeah, you did absolutely. You know, probably more now. Yeah. yeah, I've had a, you know, I've had many a night since um, where I had a video to watch or something, and I might have just poured a glass of scotch on the rocks and turned, put a tape on and um, watched it. And, um, but back then, yeah, you know, quite often they were going onto the track, and I was out the back throwing up somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> so, you, got, um, you got nervous. I got ner- terribly nervous. I remember Brian Hancock saying to me before. I can't think what race it was, but one of our old parts, he walked past Grant. Like, you know, I haven't had a smoke for 15 years probably, but he said, anything, Grant, they'll only kill you and they won't change the result. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I was just, um, yeah, it was a bit of a real battle for me, but um, 
good. The Chariots of Fire, it's on this weekend. And 2002, you drew gate eight. You were eight to one. Uh, young Rufus, you beat him. He was a dollar fifty favourite for a bloke called Mark Purden, who's done a little bit in the sport. Won over a million dollars, young Rufus. And you got the money. You got vivid memories, no doubt, of the Chariots of Fire. If you watched the race, that is, and you weren't just out the back. Yeah, no, I got to the starting gate. Um, it's funny, man, if I did the start and he did it in the chariots, watching on video, he used to wear bell boots. And just as the gate released, he'd always throw one, one bell boot in the air. Yeah. Uh, that's just something a bit of a track. But, you know, a great occasion. That I remember the week before we raced at the Valley, I think it was a free-for-all. Um, led in one, Manifold, a bit of a, not a great horse in front. He'd only ever do what he needed to in front. Yeah. Um, it was the Ewing sales on that weekend, and of course the way Harold Park run things, being an invitational, um, they try and build the drama and create a bit more excitement by in- inviting horses at different times. And um, come Sunday afternoon, we still hadn't been invited, and I remember at the Ewing sales, Marie Caldo said, "Oh, we're in, we're in." Harry Moreau, yeah, Harry Moreau, correct. And I said, "Well, we're not." <laughs> but we were, we were left to the Monday to get an invite. Um, which was fantastic. Um, yeah, I think we floated the horse up on the Thursday. Uh, back to Hancock's where he'd been, Darren Hancock's that is, where he'd been before. And um, the excitement for this one, for some people, was the uh, security guards. We were given a couple of Russian security guards yeah. to keep an eye on the horse. And um, yeah. that night before the chariots, just on dark, they parked their car in front of his yard with the headlights on full beam so they can watch him all night. <laughs> which, which I wasn't now keen on. Yeah, um, you know, I thought you can sit in the dark and watch him. Maybe you're not going to bloody have your lights on him all night. Um, yeah, how would he sleep? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> anyway, the following morning they um, actually not the following morning before race time they confiscated the hoof paint and the uh, the mane and tail spray so they can have that tested. Um, but probably the funniest one was the horse always got jogged. The day he raced, um, yeah. and it was just just at daybreak at Hancock. He's gone down the track, and on the, one of the guards has jogged down behind me. And he's standing, he's, I can never forget, I'm just jogging around the track, and I look up and silhouetted up against the rising sun was this guy practicing his karate or something. And I just, and that's what I did think this is surreal. This is just a, <laughs> yeah, you know, what's the trots come to? But, um, but anyway, yeah, great memories, good to get the money. Um, we drove back. Back to Leeton where it all began for me on the way home. Stopped there on the Saturday night where they had a rodeo and a few things. And on the Sunday morning, they thought we kicked off where I can just go to the top stand in the district, come down the stable, see them with that. Oh, that, so, uh, that's, that's so, the best. Yeah, no, it was brilliant. 100%. Uh, was there a story once that before one of the races that he'd been nobbled the night before? Or is, have I got the wrong oars? No, no, that's him, the Australian Derby. Mooney Valley is a yeah, three-year-old Australian Derby. Yeah, so okay. I, uh, I went, went and fed him and then went back to his, you know, as you are on days like that, you sort of, you don't want to hover over him, but you want to make sure they're eating. So I've gone back to check his bin and I think, yeah, I found something in his food that I didn't reckon I'd put there. So um, so I asked the question, what what is it? Turned into a water kerfuffle, the, the horse had to... Um, I had about half a million blood tests before the race that day to check out things. And um, yeah, yeah. the steward at the time put it to me, you know, did I believe something had been done? And I just thought, I think if someone's tried to put the wind up there, I'll trust that nothing bad's happened. And uh, 
So away we went. Um, I think we won second or third. And as it turned out, it wasn't actually too bad an effort. The next morning, the horses crippled out a great absence burst out of his heel. So he was probably pretty brave just doing that after the day he'd had. But um, well, I think he went to the paddock for a bit of a break then. And it was uh, time to be a four-year-old. Yeah, I just checked fourth. We ran third, Falcons Legacy, but won't go any further with that. We beat you three times. Yep. Um, five-year-old career is where it unwinds, unfortunately. And he tore a suspensory. It just would have been right on the cusp of going into those grand circuit races and, and he tears the suspensory. He was always a big gross horse, wasn't he? Yeah, he was indeed. Yeah, we're sort of... I think we're... Yeah, the end basically come... He raced... We went to Brisbane for the Winter Carnival. He won his four, the four-year-old classic. Then yep. he had a heat of the four- and five-year-old. Many come met double identity in yeah. the final of that. that was his, I'm pretty sure that's the year double identity went on to win the Big Cup of Miracle Mile. Yep, that's right. Um, and we, we sat outside him and crushed him. Yeah. Um, I remember the owner, I can't think of his name, but he came up to me after the race and said, I didn't know your bloke was that good. And I thought, you know, I can't even remember. I just mumbled something out. Well, thanks, probably. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but watching that race, that, the last 100 yards of that, he climbed up the track quite a bit. Um, now under pressure, which he typically wouldn't. And, um, yeah, I think that was the beginning of our little tendon issues. Um, we got back, had a break, and tried to put things back together. But um, eventually, the hole he put in it uh, was just beyond repair. And, well, as you say, he's a big gross horse. He hit the ground hard, big gait. Um, he certainly didn't do himself a lot of favours that way. Paul Gadsby or Brian Lockwood were Harry Martin's owners of Double Identity, so it might have been one of them. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Now, uh, now, did he have a comeback? Did you have an attempt at a comeback about two years yeah, later? Yeah, it would have been two years later. Um, it just never made it. Yeah, he, he sort of got close. Got close. That was about the same time the century was a three-year-old, and they were working together, and he was, you know, back keeping up with him. But, um, yeah, just, you know, one of those days you, you go and work on one day and you think that's all right, and then you, the next morning you go, oh, crikey. You know, it's, here we are. Enough's enough. But Enough's enough. He's, he disappeared up to Dad's place where he was weaned all those years before that, and he's um, been running the show there ever since. He's still, he's, well, he must be 25 now, but he's, he's a bull. He looks, looks at me and bucks. So you still see him every so often? You go up and have, a, have a beer with him yeah, as such? Typically Christmas. Yeah, um, but yeah, whenever I can, um, he's still. It's a bit of a job, actually. You need about half a dozen people to catch the bugger. <laughs> but um, he's what that part of him's never changed. He's just a big arrogant sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's always nice. We do, often have that Christmas photo. You know, we get him in the century, and there's a number of other old horses that you know did, did really good jobs for us living around the place. So we'll uh, do a Christmas photo with him. T- tell us a little bit more about the century and how did you come out of getting the century out of be all Franco and you might have bought this one in foal, did you? Yeah, same scenario. Dad, oh, unbelievable. Dad got keen again, um, wanted to purchase another mare. Uh, John Bagshaw, I'm pretty sure, was a chap who owned the mare. Um, become available in foal to safely kept and yeah, that which was the century. So yeah, the luck, you know. Yeah, crikey, how long is this going? And it's sort of, in one way, it sort of steadies you for the fact that um, you don't actually truly expect it to go on. So, no. Yeah, you just uh, thank your lucky stars and and appreciate them. 
100%. He went on a derby spree, didn't he? The SA Vic and Australian derby down in Tassie and just got beaten in the New South Wales derby by, by a really good New Zealand horse called Roman Gladiator, who we never saw the best of either. He was, he was a, probably a better three-year-old than he was a four- and five-year-old, etc. the century. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he, oh, he was a great little horse, and I still think the New South Wales derby was possibly his best run. Um, yeah. Drew, Drew really badly. You know, the old little old park track, just, you know, he just got in a situation where he got caught wide on that track and horses pushing out under him all the time. And he, like you said, he, he ran second running running over him. Yeah. Um, and I remember I took another horse up there that night, um, a horse called Anatom, for, for Gavin, and it won, I think it won the first, and loading him up that night. And I said, Gavin, oh, well done, you, you won. He said, yeah, we did. The wrong one won, though. You know, it was just... We we thought we were going there with a hell of a chance, and but that's racing, you know. Like I say, three derbies, a Breeders' Crown, and a second in a New South Wales Derby. Um, yeah, you certainly don't go home sucking. And a Tatlow was a two-year-old, like he was. Oh, and, <laughs> and a Tatlow, yeah, yeah so. no, he's, yeah. Look, he, was, he went back and had um, like he he had a few little issues, and I don't know. Pretty much after his, after that derby, whether it was travelling sickness or what, but he just didn't pull up right on a couple of times, and um. He had his first two starts, uh, I think it was a Christmas Cup or something, as a four-year-old, which he won the heat and final of at the Valley. Yeah. But when he came off the track that night, there was um, a little trickle, and, and that all help and all efforts, um, we just couldn't turn him around. He ended up going to Perth, um, Fred Kersley, to try something different with him, you know, just new yep. ideas. And, yep. But, uh, and he won, oh, I think he might have won four or five pre-falls over there, but um, he was never quite that the horse that he was, so... Um, he, like Manifold, was back on the truck and back home again. So he's back home there. The two of them there, they have their Christmas photo every year with you, which is just fantastic. Yeah, I think there's I think there's three in the yard and there's one about 70 races between them or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. so no, they, they, they're all... They may all look at me in bucks. They always do. They get four, of course. They deserve it. Love it, Grant. Love going down memory lane with you. And, yeah, well, I followed his career very closely throughout. And, yeah, great to catch up and enjoyed the chat about Manifold Bay, the Chariots of Fire, and everything else that you achieved in, in what was a whirlwind, probably 10 years of harness racing. Yeah, no, good times. We, you know, we just had a little play now. We've a couple, and um, that's, that's about it. I just get to see that really good So he's just doing that, and I'm enjoying sitting back watching. Very good. Good on you, Grant. Catch a fish or two this Arvo if you throw the rod in. Oh, it's about to happen right now. Good on you, mate. And have a beer maybe uh, with Manifold Bay next time you're up there with him. Well, thank you. There's Grant Crane. Some wonderful memories of Manifold Bay. A great horse. We've got some uh, commitments to clear here. So let's get into an ad break and come back the other side and we'll take stock.